As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. Hi. Hello. Oh, welcome to Two Girls One Ghost. Welcome to Girls One Ghost. This episode of Two Girls, One Ghost is sponsored by Magic Spoon, HelloFresh, Third Love, Pretty Litter, and Stamps.com. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And for those of you who are Patreon donors or specific tiers, or is it for everyone? It might be for everyone. I think it's specific tiers. Okay. I do believe. I do declare. We don't know anything about (laughs) our own business. It's okay. This episode, this encounters, part of it will be posted as a video so you can see our little faces and our cute merch that we're wearing. Bigfoot is my boyfriend. We are both repping it. I texted Corinne moments before recording saying, should we wear our merch? And I selfishly did that because they're my pajamas and I've been wearing them all day. <laughs> you were already wearing And I didn't <laughs> want to change. No, I actually had a different shirt on, but I was sweating and I wanted to change into my pajamas and I thought this was perfect. And then I put a cute necklace on. You said, let's wear merch. And I said, well, I'm going to wear Bigfoot. And you're like, well, me too. <laughs> so <laughs> this is it, baby. Baby. I'm just holding my boobs. Yeah, you're jiggling. Because the little heart is right here. They're right over your heart. Because Bigfoot is my boyfriend. That's where Bigfoot resides. That's truly where that's he lives. That's his home. That's why you can never find him because the love for him and his existence is within. Within. Oh, wow. Beautiful. <laughs> what a beautiful way to start this episode. We hope you're having a wonderful, spooky Sunday or whatever day you're listening. I hope it's spooky and fabulous. And we're just going to make it better. Hopefully, maybe. With spooky tales. And we themed this episode. And we themed it because we have something very special to celebrate. I'm almost 30. (laughs) It is Corinne's birthday encounters episode. Woo! It is. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Corinne. (laughs) This is truly my nightmare (laughs) because I hate attention and especially when it's one-on-one, someone singing happy birthday to you, you like- You don't know what to do. Can't look away. It's like awkward to join in. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to join in. You should join in. (sighs) I feel like Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers. She's like, (laughs) going to go lay on the ground now. Anyway, thank you. Of course. But you did ask me what I wanted the encounters theme to be. And I changed my mind a couple times because I was all over the place. But then I was like, you know what? 
We always say trust your pets, and we haven't had nearly enough pet-related stories. And here we are. So animals, baby. Animals. Pets, animals, anything not human. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes it sound paranormal. Well, pets. Yeah. I mean, I did – I was like, so many of these pet stories are, like, cute and heartwarming, and so I did find some scary ones. Okay, wait. That's funny because I went that route too. <laughs> I have none that are heartwarming. Okay, well, I have one that is heartwarming, I think. I might have gotten rid of it. Uh, I don't know. We need to do, like, a part two. Happy. Remix. <laughs> that doesn't sound like us. Both went spooky. Yeah, we'll do half and I half I went more, like, time. pets warning you. Okay, well, so that's bad things. good in some regard. Kind of. Yeah, they're the B character. Of these right. emails, but they're still right. prevalent. Everyone's happy that they're in the story, and without them, it would be, you know, a lot more sad and scary. Correct. I am currently surrounded by my three cats, which I can't believe little the little pastas have not been adopted yet. <laughs> I love that you call them the pastas. They are. They're the pastas. Ravioli and gnocchi. gnocchi. But they're keeping me company while we record. Well, this is a PSA to everyone out there. You heard Sabrina just say she's struggling to get these sweet little kittens adopted because there are so many kittens out there in the world that need to be adopted. And so not only are we asking you if you can adopt them, but if you know friends, relatives. Yeah, this is a good call to action. Yeah. They're so sweet. I truly. And adopting as a pair. Yeah, they have to go together. They're not available as a one-off. They're not. Because our hearts can't take And the pastas. They're like peanut butter and jelly. You can't separate them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So if you want a cat, message Sabrina, DM her on Instagram. Please. But otherwise, we're going to talk about other pets, other animals that belong to you. Well, maybe this will make you all want to adopt pets. Exactly. This is a good, this is great. This is really, really smart. (laughs) If these people didn't have these pets, they wouldn't be able to email us That's so true. We don't know where they would be. We don't know. Not here. Not in our inbox. Yeah. Probably possessed. Probably. They didn't have a pet to trust if they hadn't adopted these pets. Everyone needs a pet. All right, I'm going to have you okay. start. Hmm. <laughs> Although I do think you always make me start now. I feel like we switched it up. Do I? Yeah, but that's okay. I want to. Okay. This is from Ying, and it's called What Keeps My Nephew Up? Hi, ghouls. I just wanted to share a quick story with you ladies while I'm listening to your podcast. A few weeks ago, my fiance and I, along with my two boys, went to visit my brother and his wife in Wisconsin. Now, my brother is what I would call... Special. He is someone who in our culture is to become a shaman. We're Hmong. A short example of how special he is is that he can see things we can't. He has that sixth sense. Anyways, that weekend, my fiance was having his cousin and cousin's family come to my brother's home in Wisconsin to look at some huskies they were looking to rehome once they were big enough. The day went on as it would any day. However, everyone in the home which there were about six adults and five kids at this point, all noticed that the cousin's son was crying and felt bothered on and off all day. Come bedtime, us adults ended up staying up and talking longer than usual. However, the cousin's son just kept crying and wouldn't go to bed. They tried everything from taking him out for a ride to sleeping on the bed with him, but nothing helped. He would sleep for 10 minutes top and then get up and cry again. My sister-in-law and I looked at each other and sort of knew that something we couldn't see was bothering him, but we didn't want to spook anyone or the kids out, so we just kept quiet. It was probably midnight, and the cousin ended up asking my brother, the very special brother I have, if he can sense or see something that was bothering his son. My brother did not want to say anything, but since the cousin had asked, he decided to tell him that 
Yes, there is something bothering him, and that's why he would not go to sleep and has been so restless. My brother said that this thing bothered their daughter too, but the daughter has the I'm not scared and I don't give an F attitude, so even if it does bother her, she just ignores it. Hence why this thing bothered only the son and not her. We ended up talking all night about how special my brother is and what things that the cousin could do to get this thing to stop bothering his son. Eventually, everyone ended up going to bed and the little one slept through the night. A few weeks later, my sister-in-law messages me and tells me that her dogs have been looking up the basement stairs and barking. She calls this barking the dog's episodes, but it's been happening for a while and she asked my brother what was going on because she thought maybe it was just the old man who used to be the previous homeowner who had died. So she burnt some Joss paper, which is money in our culture, and asked him to go. But my brother told her it's not the old man. It's the entity that was bothering our cousin's son. My brother told her that he saw it right when they entered the home that Friday afternoon when they arrived to see the pups, and he realized that it decided to stay and has been lingering. My brother went on to say that the thing isn't bothering us and isn't harming anyone right now, so there's nothing to do about it yet. Like you ladies always say, trust your pets. Those dogs do not like whatever is in the basement. Thank you for reading. Just writing this gives me chills thinking about it. I wonder what this spirit is and what it wants. There are more stories that I can probably share about my brother, but that would be for another email. Stay safe. See you on the other side. Ying. Wow. It's just interesting that people in their culture are essentially their abilities mark them as a good contender to become a shaman. I know. That's cool. It's like you're born into your destiny. What if we all are? We just don't know it. Well, I want to be special. (laughs) (laughs) You are. We have a podcast about all of this. That was our destiny. (laughs) Our destiny was to just give other people really good press for their abilities. To admire everyone. Yeah. It sounds like he's able to really, really connect with whatever the spirit is or entity is beyond just seeing that it's there. He's able to understand their intentions and like what has mm-hmm. previously happened because the fact that he, her brother was able to say like, your daughter doesn't get bothered by this entity or this spirit because of her attitude. Like She's not giving the energy that this thing wants, but your son is. The fact that he knew right. that and could feel that. That is kind of interesting. Or it also could just be that Ying's brother kind of saw that and studied it throughout the day, you know? Based on Mm. seeing the entity and seeing how everyone was reacting around it. True. But I'm so curious. I wasn't thinking about that, that it was like around the entire time. Right? Kind of makes, I mean, especially how Ying explained that the cousin's son was crying on and off all day, Mm -hmm. which makes me wonder, where did this entity come from? And has it been around for a long time? Because it sounds like this was the first day that they noticed the cousin's son crying on and off. And so did they... Mm-hmm. pick it up when they went to go visit the huskies and the dogs that they were going to adopt or has it always been around and why now has it traveled to ying's sister's house i just don't understand and is it posted up now in the basement is that why the dogs don't like the basement i believe it 100 percent. why is it always basements it's always basements it's closets it's attics someone explained this to us or maybe it was us who explained it to us earlier in life and we forgot it. i think we were like oh it's damp and dark and people don't go in there as often it's yeah. like a good hiding spot i wonder if it has to do with like energy and just like minerals and 
water and currents and I don't know. I don't, I'm making things up. I don't know either. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. Well, because that would make sense for a basement, but for the attic. Yeah, I guess the attic doesn't make sense either. And it's always like the top of the stairs or the bottom of the stairs. You know, I will continue to try to theorize what and why ghosts do things, but I don't think I will ever successfully <laughs> figure it out or have an aha moment of like, that's it. But yeah, well, I'm with you here because I think when we do have those aha moments, we convince ourselves that we know what's <laughs> up and then we're like, wait a second. We actually don't have confirmation. No. Not just double confirmation, just no confirmation at all. It's us making things up until we convince ourselves of them to be true. Right. Or then we'll convince ourselves of something and then immediately we'll read another story or hear something else that like completely contradicts the theory that we had. <laughs> yes. And we're like, okay, well, there oh. are just different types of ghosts and like <laughs> we just try to... Different types of ghosts, different types of aliens. <laughs> That's true as well. Speaking of, why didn't I save this and send it to what? you? This is the perfect TikTok. Oh, of course it was a TikTok. Yeah. It was of this guy. He was videotaping. It very much looked like a UFO. It was basically this light kind of doing circles. But after some time, it splits off and there's two things now moving through the sky. And I mean, it was posted on TikTok, so I don't have full context. I don't know what the person who posted actually intended for this video to be used for. I saw a very small snippet. But the voiceover, like the person who was taking the video, what they were saying in the video, they're like, oh my gosh, look. Oh, cool. A shooting star. And sounded really genuine, being like, a shooting star. And all the comments were like, the one time it's actually a UFO and someone doesn't yell UFO. They think it's a freaking shooting star. I kind of appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I have an email to read to you now. It's called Something's in the House. I feel like that's a really good title for a horror movie. I feel like that probably exists. I'm sure. At least a tagline. Yeah. Hey, ladies, I've loved listening to your podcast after I found it from a recommendation on Ologies oh, podcast. We love Allie Ward. Allie Ward and Ologies love that podcast. You gals always make me laugh and give me a good fright on my commute to and from work. I've had a few strange encounters in my life, but nothing like last night. My boyfriend and I live in a house in St. Paul, Minnesota that was built in 1931. My boyfriend does not believe in the paranormal, or at least says that he doesn't so that they don't bother him. And I very much do believe in the paranormal. Last night, my boyfriend was trying to stay up and get back on a normal sleep schedule after working a double shift that included an overnight shift the night before. Unfortunately, he didn't make it past 5 p.m. He fell asleep on the couch, so I woke him up and I told him to go to bed in our room upstairs. He did so, and my one-year-old bulldog, Gus, and I stayed on the main level watching movies on the couch. Around 9 p.m., I gave in and I went upstairs to go to bed. Now, you should know that I have had multiple experiences in this house where I thought I saw something move in the doorways or watch us from one of the main floor bedrooms. Nothing felt malevolent, so I simply told them that if they were there, they could stay so long as they left us alone. So you can imagine my surprise when I felt a dark energy when I went upstairs to Mm -hmm. go to bed. Nothing seemed off until I noticed that the door between our bedroom and loft seemed to be closing on its own. We usually kept it open, but the room was dark, and I figured my eyes were maybe just playing tricks on me. Around 2 a.m., my boyfriend woke up because he'd been sleeping for a while. And it woke me up, and as I went to look back at the door, I saw a small boy standing at the end of our no. bed. He didn't give me any negative vibes, so I dismissed it as another time of my eyes just playing tricks on me. A small boy. I don't know I don't that's like a trick. that at all. A door I get. A small boy. Mm-hmm. No. Around 3 a.m., my boyfriend decided that he wasn't going to fall back asleep, so he went downstairs to watch TV in our living room. 
As soon as he left, Gus jumped up on the bed to sleep by me. He knows I'm weak and that I'll let him (laughs) stay on the bed. Soon after my boyfriend went downstairs, I thought I heard the door to the stairs open and my boyfriend come back upstairs. So I got Gus, my dog, off of the bed quickly so that he wouldn't get pushed off for my boyfriend. And Gus went running into the loft area. I sat up in time to see a dark figure move across the light coming from the window at the end of the loft. It was about the height of my boyfriend. So I just suspected Mm -mm, that it was him. mm -mm. That was until I heard the TV turn on downstairs right after the shadow moved out of sight and my dog rushed back into the room and onto the bed. I could see his ears were pinned back and he was staring at the door between the bedroom and the loft. He only does this when he knows someone is upstairs or coming upstairs and he is quote unquote protecting me until he knows who it is. He would not move, and he kept staring as I heard three more floor creaks outside of the room as if someone was walking in Ooh, the loft. Angels. Immediately, I thought, oh, hell no. And I grabbed my phone, I turned on the flashlight, and I booked it with my dog through the loft area and down the stairs. Just as expected, my boyfriend was laying on the couch, and when I explained what happened, he didn't question my fear and had me curl up on the couch and try to go back to sleep. This morning, I ordered some sage for cleansing and now have one hell of an example of trust your pets. Thanks for a great podcast. I hope you enjoy my story. Someday I have to share a dream that I had where I spoke to my grandma after she passed and the demon in my parents' basement. Keep up the good work, ladies, and I'll see you on the other side. Haley. Wow. I hate the idea of like a little boy standing at the end of your bed and then just running around. It really truly makes me so afraid of sleeping because you're so vulnerable when you're asleep. And they're very possibly like the same way with like toys coming to life when you're sleeping or not in your room. Mm-hmm. There's so much that could be happening around you while you're sleeping and you're just so you're unconscious. You literally have no way of knowing right. what's happening. And I feel like demons give a really bad rep to the ghost children who are just supposed to be innocent and like just living their afterlife on this plane. And this is exactly why, because she walks upstairs, she feels a negative feeling. She wakes up sometime later, sees a little boy at the edge of her bed. And then fast forward one to two hours, that little boy is now transformed to a tall shadow figure the same size as her boyfriend. Like this thing is mimicking things. It's trying to appear as things that she would trust. It never once was like this towering nine foot creature. It was trying to look like her boyfriend and then it was trying to look like an innocent child. So Gus was right to protect you. (laughs) We love Gus. Wow. This episode is a trophy to all the pets out there who have protected us time and time again. What would we do without them? Get possessed probably. (laughs) I don't know. But... My gosh. So oh my creepy. gosh. I'm very curious, Haley, if anything else has happened yeah. since. Because it sounds like there were a few experiences, encounters in this space prior to this one kind of scary encounter. So I wonder if this was like a one and done demon passing through or if it stayed longer. <sighs> I'm curious. I hope it left. Or if Gus was like, get out of my house. I hope Gus scared it off and it never comes back. Then your home is demon free forever and ever and ever. Well, remember, and not to make this about me, but remember I told you about how when my dog passed over and we very much knew that he was still in the home for about six months because of activity that was happening, Mm -hmm. but all the ghostly paranormal activity that we'd had happen for years, for 15 years, was suddenly dead quiet. And we were like, ooh, he bullied everybody out. (laughs) He was like, get leave. 
I'm now on I the same it. playing field as you and you need to leave. Yeah, it was really quiet when he was in his ghostly form. I also like to think that all the ghosts were mourning Wrinkles' loss. And so they... Sabrina, <laughs> <laughs> They went to like the ghostly virgin funeral for Wrinkles. Everyone was in mourning, mourning sadness for six months. Oh, wow. Yeah, honestly, maybe because most of the spirits in my house are totally yeah. fine. And there is a ghost dog. So the spirits were already used to having a dog in astral form. Yeah around the house wow man okay this is a story from sarah and it's called astral projection visions and a potential skinwalker question mark hello spooktastic ghouls and ghosts i moved into a new house about a year ago and holy ghost batman is this place haunted some of the presences are good like there's a feminine energy that i feel from time to time but others not so much, like the entity in my backyard. This is a bit long, but it's a story that's been unraveling for a few months now, so I apologize for the length. But don't, girl, Sarah, don't apologize. No one needs to apologize. No, never. We read everything. We love it, yeah. A few months ago, I had a dream that felt incredibly real. In the dream, I woke up in quotes and went downstairs to find two dogs sitting outside the door leading to my backyard. The door is glass, so I could clearly see the two dogs. One was a normal dog, and it looked like a cute little pug waiting eagerly to be let in. But behind it was a larger dog that kind of looked like a Doberman. I should stop and say my actual dog is neither of those breeds. He's a black lab mix that I adore. So I'm looking through the glass, about to open the door, when a weird feeling washes over me, and I stop and look at the Doberman. It's sitting still and staring at me in such an intense way. I can physically feel how badly it wants me to let it into my house. The dog feels far too sentient, and I know in that moment it's not a dog at all. So I scream that I'm not going to let it in. This angers the creature and it begins to warp and twist until it stops looking like a dog and becomes this terrifying, half-human, half-dog, fleshy creature. I woke up after that. I felt extremely creeped out for a few days, but I tried to put the dream behind me. Aside from the usual scares my house ghosts cause from time to time, things were pretty normal. Until a few nights ago. I get sleep paralysis and often see something standing over me when I do. But this time, I woke up in the middle of the night to a black figure standing over my husband's side of the bed. He, because this thing had a male presence, was outlined in a glowing red and orange color. And there were two tethers reaching over my husband, connecting the entity to me. After seeing this, I was instantly overcome with exhaustion and fell right back to sleep. This is the first time a presence has ever interacted with me before, and needless to say, in the morning, I freaked out, saged, and did a cord cutting with selenite. My best friend is also sensitive and is the first person I tell when I have an experience. Her boyfriend, let's call him Alex, has a history of having visions while he sleeps, and so after she told him about the glowing man, he decided to see if he could astral project to my home the following night and check things out. Alex said the projection felt like one of his visions and that there were several spirits surrounding my home, but the only one actually in the house was a girl. This confirmed my feeling that there was a feminine presence, but while Alex was there, he met a man who was standing in my backyard. He had red hair and yellow eyes. 
The two talked for a while, and somehow the conversation made the man angry, and the man tried to attack Alex, but he was able to fight back and free himself when a dog began to bark, and then a light came on. This broke his connection and ended the vision. Well, only a week later, Alex's vision came true. Last night, I dreamt that someone was following me as I walked through the house, checking to make sure all windows were locked. I knew that I would be leaving the home and that as soon as I did, the person following me would try to come back in uninvited. As soon as I found a window that had been left open and locked it, the presence got angry and began to cry. I woke to my dog barking at the foot of my bed and followed him downstairs to investigate the backyard. My dog is not the type to bark unless he has a reason to, so I knew something was wrong. As soon as I clicked on the back porch light, I instantly recalled Alex's vision. I am still trying to sort it all out, but I think there is something connecting the three of us now because only an hour before I woke from my dog barking, my best friend had been outside walking her dog around 1am when the crickets stopped chirping and everything went quiet. She felt something watching her and her heart began to pound. As she was rushing back to her apartment, a hummingbird swooped down out of nowhere and she instantly felt calm and the crickets began to chirp again. This is significant because my mom who passed away years ago was obsessed with hummingbirds and said she <gasps> wanted to come back as one when she died. Oh my God. I'm convinced that my mom was protecting my best friend and that whatever entity was surrounding my home has somehow connected to my bestie and her boyfriend states away, maybe because Alex actually projected to it. Anywho, I'll send updates if more spooky stuff happens. In the meantime, I'll be here clutching my black tourmaline. Thank you for taking the time to read my novel. Keep up the amazing work. See you on the other side, Sarah. Okay, this has everything. This has dogs, <laughs> it has crickets, it has hummingbirds, it has reincarnation, it has dream visitations, dream projections. Mm -hmm. My goodness. It's kind of wild to think... Well, astral projection just in general is so wild to me and so bizarre and mm -hmm. just there's the, the possibilities it kind of amazes me. But the fact that her best friend's boyfriend, Alex, astral projects to Sarah's backyard, meets this entity yes. and has an argument, an altercation with him. <laughs> and then it, Alex is brave. But then this entity somehow follows Alex back, which makes me think that because the like planes are interconnected in that moment this entity could travel back with alex mm. and that sarah was having a dream of being followed and her best friend states away was being followed in real life outside yeah this is i don't really this is a hard one because again like we've said at least a thousand times at this point we don't know the actual answer to no. any of this but it kind of makes me think yes like what you're saying can this entity travel back through this plane and basically like follow souls, follow people, and then come back into the actual reality? But then the other part of me is like intuition, mm -hmm. you know, specifically when it comes to Sarah dreaming about her friend being followed. Because I feel like we hear that a lot and people – there's literally the term mother's intuition where yeah. it's, you just know something's happening to someone. You just know – Something's happening to your child. And I feel like that extends to people yeah, who have a really strong true. connection. And so I wonder if her version of like, I know when it happens to me, I just get this gut feeling mm -hmm. and it's emotion while I'm awake. But I wonder for her if it comes to her right. in dreams, similar to you. Like the intuition comes through dreams. That's interesting. The only reason like I feel like it was, if not this entity in the backyard, 
but it feels like it was an entity in some way. Just the way that everything stopped, like the crickets stopped making noises, it just Mm -hmm. became still, feels like a paranormal phenomenon. Well, and animals know when there's danger. This is why we say trust your pets, because it doesn't matter if the danger is a coyote or if it's a demon. Animals respond. That's Oh, that's so creepy to think like crickets can even sense like a serial killer. Yeah. I mean, it happens with weather too. Like, isn't it right before storms or earthquakes, everything goes dead silent? Yeah. <gasps> but yeah, no, animals can't. Like, it's an animal episode. So I'm going to bring <laughs> up my dog again. But my dog Wrinkles, especially this reminded me of him because she said that there was that weird half human, half dog that looked like a Doberman. And I know the Doberman eyes because my dog Wrinkles was part Doberman. And Doberman eyes are like, they're really intense and they're golden and they're really scary. Mm-hmm. Like from afar, if a Doberman looks at you, you're kind of like, <laughs> but they can be so damn sweet. But it just reminded me of, I don't even know where I was going with this. I totally, we were t- <laughs> I don't know. You, I can't help you with this one. <laughs> no, I don't know what I was saying. You just wanted to talk about Wrinkle's eyes. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. The serial killers. Oh, wow. Sensing a serial killer because animals can sense when people are good or bad. And I think there's a lot of animals that just pick and choose and sometimes just like have unwarranted disdain for people Mm -hmm. and attitudes. But Wrinkles, he loved everybody. But there was one particular time where there were quite a few contractors working in my parents' house. And for the first time ever, and he's never done it again in his entire life, so long as he had lived one contractor came up to the door and basically I think needed to come in or asked to come in. My mom essentially said no because wrinkles responded <gasps> so Whoa. aggressively. He was just like, Argh! and his ears were back. And my mom was like, that's it. He never responds this way. He's picking up on Whoa. some bad vibes. I'm not letting this man into my home. Wow. Thank goodness for wrinkles. So I think it is with people. Wow. Whoa. I'm okay. This is bewildering. I'm also like, I want to know more about Sarah's house because it sounds like there are tons and tons of spirits. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's hard because, you know, we're only given this, like, the context of this email. So part of me is like, right. is this skinwalker type of creature that she dreamt about related to the entity in her backyard who, you know, the same idea of, like, wanting to get inside? That is also, is it all, like, I just want to know because mm-hmm. if there are a ton, are there just, like, multiple bad spirits festering around her backyard, which is terrifying, and I hope there's something to do about that. I'm also curious about Alex's experience and how he was able to put himself in the backyard. How did he know to go to the backyard? Because when you were reading it out loud, to me, it felt like a video game, you know, where you're (gasps) going through and the characters like waiting in the field, kind of bouncing up and down and you walk over and then the chat starts. But how do you know, how do you like set the intention Mm. or get the permission, I don't know, from the astral world to find exactly what you're looking for when you don't know who or what you're looking for? Well, it sounded like he knew to go to Sarah's house. And I'm imagining it similarly to you as a video game, but like where you can fly almost or you hover. So I imagine Alex is like a spectral being, astral being above like from mm-hmm. like like a drone almost viewing the home and the property from above and seeing the spirits and seeing like plenty of them mm-hmm. around the house and then seeing one in the house. And then there's like maybe the man with the red hair and the yellow eyes stood out or like made eye contact and was like, that's how he knew to talk to him specifically. I want to know what they said. And did this man's voice, because he didn't, he had red eyes. So clearly he didn't look entirely human or yellow eyes. Yeah. Oh, red hair, yellow eyes. Yeah. But still, still sli- yeah. <laughs> slightly 
<laughs> yellow eyes. But did he sound human? Does it sound like a forced robotic? I know. I don't know. There's just so many questions. I don't know. But I also love the idea too, now that we're talking about pets and animals and trusting animal instincts, I also love that sometimes the animals are being used as a vessel by your loved ones mm-hmm. who are trying to protect yeah, you. Yeah, the hummingbird. Yes. Sarah's mother. I love it. Coming back, using a hummingbird body to help her best friend. It's so special. It really is. I'm so glad (laughs) we're doing this. All for you. Okay. This one's called Encounters. Trust your pets. Hmm. (laughs) This was an easy one to pick (laughs) because the subject line was exactly what we were looking for. Okay. Hey, ladies. First and foremost, I absolutely adore your podcast. I'm going through a rough time and your stories and humor are helping me see the light. Who knew the afterlife would actually be less scary than my current real life? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, then she writes, all kidding aside, keep up the great work. I'm super pumped to see you both crush it in New York City this summer. Oh, this was a couple years ago. Forgot about that. I know. We were in New York. How fun. I'm writing this story on behalf of my cousin. During college, she would babysit for a wealthy family out on Long Island. They lived on the open bay in a large Victorian home. Like many old homes, this house was built oddly with narrow hallways, crawl spaces, and several staircases. One weekend, the family was going out of town and asked her to house it so that they could have her keep their dog Cooper company while they were away. She agreed, and not wanting to spend the weekend alone, she asked a friend to go stay at the home with her. My cousin has babysat for this family many times, but had never spent the night in that home alone. She went out to dinner with her friend before returning to the house for the night, and when they entered the house, Cooper did not run to the door to greet her as he normally would. Oh, no. Let me preface this by saying that Cooper was a very well-trained dog. He went to obedience school, and if you called his name, you bet your ass he would come. So this was strange behavior. And my cousin got a little worried when he was nowhere to be found. But eventually, they heard him barking on the second floor. Annoyed, she went upstairs, and she found him in the master bedroom. Let me paint the picture. The master bedroom contained a door that opened to a staircase, which led to the third floor. The door was slightly ajar, which was unusual. Apparently, Cooper thought so too, as he would not stop barking and he would not move away from the door. Since it was late at night, my cousin wanted to bring him to the backyard to go to the bathroom before going to sleep, so she kept trying to coax him to come downstairs, but Cooper would not budge. After a while, despite being a little off-put at this point, my cousin decided to slam the door Cooper was barking at to go to sleep. Before getting in bed, she went around the house to make sure that everything was locked. The front door had two locks one on the doorknob, and then another up top where you could deadbolt it shut. My cousin checked twice to make sure that she deadbolted it, feeling a little bit uneasy because of Cooper's behavior. The girls chatted before bed and quickly fell asleep in the guest room on the other side of the house. Cooper stayed in the master bedroom, where he usually did not sleep. At about five in the morning, my cousin was awoken by Cooper, who playfully jumped on the bed. Oh, now you want to be with us, she groggily asked Cooper as she rolled out of bed. And since he hadn't gone to the bathroom the night before, she figured that she'd better let him out now. As she went into the hallway with Cooper following dutifully behind her, she felt a breeze. The house was freezing cold. She walked down the stairs to find the door that she had deadbolted wide open. She woke up her friend telling her what happened and they agreed that someone or something was in that hallway leading to the third floor the night before. They checked the master bedroom and sure enough, the door to the stairwell, the one that my cousin slammed shut, was now open too. (gasps) When the family returned, my cousin told them what happened since she assumed it was an intruder and relieved that nothing further occurred, the girls were safe 
And so the family apologized. My cousin's friend swore that she would never house it with her again. (laughs) And even though she was creeped out, my cousin put the incident out of her mind. Until months later, she came across someone who was a mutual friend of the family that she house sat for. My cousin explained to the woman how she knew the family and that she babysat for them and would occasionally watch Cooper. And the woman lowered her voice and with a smile, she slowly asked, have you seen the lady yet? My cousin's heart dropped. The lady? The woman explained that previous owners of the home had children and that they were often afraid of someone they call the lady. They would claim to see her at night, though the parents had apparently never seen her themselves. My cousin reflected back. When she would babysit, the kids often complained of being afraid. However, she always chalked it up to them just being kids. But now, she wasn't so sure. To this day, the story brings chills to my cousin's arms whenever she relives that night. Intruder, spirit, I'll let you be the judge. The one thing I can say for certain is hashtag trust your pets. Whoa. Keep doing what you're doing and see you on the other side. Best, Kristen. For sure, spirit. 100% ghost. I mean, the fact that it I, – I would have thought intruder had that other woman not said – Yes, you I agree. I agree. And also the family's reaction just being like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And not really following up with it too much more. It doesn't seem like they asked a ton of follow-up questions, which makes me think maybe it does happen every once in a while. And they were like, oops, we don't want to spook her and tell her that it's haunted. And that, you know, every three months at 12 p.m. on the 16th of the month, the lady descends to her tower. Yeah. It is. It makes me also think just based on how the dog was reacting and how, or how Cooper, he has a name. Cooper. And how they all felt, like, super unsettled. Mm -hmm. Like, it just makes me think this lady is ominous. I don't know. There's something about her that I don't like. Yeah. I'm also now I'm picturing the ghost in... Haunting a Bly Manor. Bly Manor, yeah. So that's what I'm picturing, which is why I'm like, she bad. The lady of the lake. the lady of the lake. Lady of the lake. (laughs) Yes. Oh, now I'm like... (laughs) Me, I hate lady of the lake. She scares me so much. Bettneck Lady and Lady of the Lake are like by far two of the scariest characters in horror. Yeah. This also makes me think. So the door being ajar the night before is what they thought Cooper found to be odd, which is why he was acting the way he was. But the doors were like thrown open that next morning and he was totally fine and was like, whoa, let's play. Like, let me out. So it wasn't about the doors being open. It was about something being yes. there right then. Present. I also wonder if anything happened like in the night. If Cooper hated what was up the stairwell to the third floor, like what – and this thing is clearly opening doors and moving about the house all the right. – like throughout the night. I wonder if Cooper reacted at all and they weren't aware of it. Cooper kind of reminds me of Nana. Oh. You know, the dog and Peter Pan. Nana, because Cooper wasn't scared or like running to, I mean, he probably was, but he wasn't running into the guest bedroom to sleep with them and like cowering with them and being there on watch. He was as close as he could be. He slept in a room he never sleeps in. So he could be by the door and watch and protect and make sure that whatever was there did not come anywhere near his girls. It really does. I This all is just reminding me of Lady in the Lake even more, just the way that the little girl told her not to leave her bedroom, you know? Yes, in Haunting a Fly Manor. It is this, like, protective, like, Cooper knows what to do when the lady's there, you know? 
Right. Especially, ooh, ooh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, especially because they're in the guest bedroom. And normally when the family's home, oh. no one's in the guest bedroom. And so I wonder if this woman is kind of like Lady of the Lake where she goes into the guest bedroom and Cooper was like, oh, they're in the guest bedroom. I can't let this happen. Uh, or maybe Cooper just had to be in there so that Cooper could wake up and stop them from going out in the hallway if anything happened to them all night, you know? Oh my God. Cooper, Cooper give this dog a, a medal. One. Oh. oh, we should give out medals to animals <laughs> who protect from the paranormal, I think. I think they're called treats. <laughs> I suppose that's correct. Yeah. Okay. This is from Catherine, and it's called Sleep Paralysis, Ghosts, and Doppelgangers. Oh, my. Hello, ghostesses. I have been listening to the podcast for the past year religiously. Seriously, your podcast was one of the first I ever started listening to, and now I look forward to my hour commute to work and back. Oh my gosh, thank you. Also, I recently posted my ghost tattoo I got in honor of your podcast on Instagram, and y'all responded. I was on a first date when I saw your comment, and I had to try and not fangirl too much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for the endless entertainment y'all have provided me and the comfort of knowing I'm not crazy when stuff like this, which I'm about to share, happens to me, which is constantly. So let's get into it. My first story takes place when I was seven. I begged my mom for months for bunk beds, even though I was a single child. And eventually she gave in. Only I was not allowed to sleep on the top bunk because I tended to sleep, talk, and walk, and she was nervous I would fall off the top bunk, which is reasonable now as an adult, but a huge bummer as a kid. Nevertheless, it was pretty convenient having bunk beds because when my friends from next door slept over, there was plenty of room. So one night I was sleeping, as most people do in the middle of the night, but I was having a crazy dream sequence. It was all extremely vivid, and I was completely in control of my surroundings. I could switch between dreams like TV channels. And now I know that this was lucid dreaming, or maybe possibly astral projection. I remember halfway waking up in the middle of all that, and as I was trying to drift back to sleep, I heard weight shifting in the top bunk, like someone had just rolled over or switched sides. Assuming that it was one of my friends who were constantly staying over and the fact that I was half asleep... I didn't think much of it, and I tried to fall back to sleep. It wasn't until I heard another creak that I woke up fully and remembered it was a school night, which in my house meant no friends staying over, which brought me to the next point. Who the fuck was in the bed above me? I then realized I was stuck. I could feel crazy, heavy pressure on my chest, and I could hear someone breathing quickly from the top bunk. I started to panic. And after what felt like hours, I could wiggle my toes and fingers. I laid there for like another 10 years, in my mind, until I worked up the courage to jump out of bed. I had a pause at the door to open it inwards. And oof, let me tell you, let me tell you, as I grabbed the doorknob, I heard feet hit the ground behind me. I ran screaming across the house, all while hearing these footsteps following behind me. I eventually met my mom somewhere in the middle and full-on koala'd her. She searched the house, and there was no one and nothing, except that the blankets in the top bunk had been pulled back as if someone had just gotten out of bed. Needless to say, I slept with my mom for the next three years. 
After that, everything exploded. I saw people looking at me from other rooms. I heard whispers from corners of rooms in my newly constructed house and just had an awful time all around. Little stuff continued like that for a long time, and eventually I became desensitized to it, and it just became the norm. It wasn't until high school that anything notable started happening. It's the same year I met my best friend, Hannah. She and I would hang out, and it was like everything was amplified. There was one night we were in my room, and we heard scratching on my window screen, but it would stop when we tried to listen to it. We didn't think much of it. It was a 3 out of 10 on the spook scale. Later that year, my mom sold the house. Fun fact, the last time I was inside that house, my nose started uncontrollably bleeding, and then I had chronic nosebleeds for the next six months until I went to the doctors to get whatever it was catarized. Fun stuff. We moved to the new house, another newly constructed home, except it was a two-story townhome instead of a one-story detached. One night, Hannah and I were hanging out when we heard the same scratching noise coming from my window, except this time we were on the second story and there was no screen on my window. She and I looked at each other, obviously spooked, 7 out of 10 spook level, and decided to pretend like it was not happening. The next morning, however, when we go to open the window, there were fingerprints. But not normal fingerprints. They were at least 7 inches long from the midpoint of the finger, and there were clear indications of the knuckle separation, so it was not a smear that we had left. They looked as though someone had wrapped their fingers around the bottom of the pane in order to open the window. The worst part was the actual fingerprints were on the outside of the window, meaning that it was opened from the inside. To add to the list of generally horrifying information, the head of my bed was in front of the window. So whatever it was had to crawl over both of our sleeping bodies to climb out of the window. Ew! Oh, no. This is a nightmare. (laughs) So we did the only reasonable thing two 15-year-olds could think of and used a Ouija board and pendulum to try to communicate. No! (laughs) We spoke with two spirits, one of a young man who was attached to the area and an older woman who apparently was attached to me. The woman was not a fan of me, to say the least, and I feel her every now and then, and it's not pleasant, but as far as I know, she just watches. We never really got any answers to that one, but things continued this way for the rest of high school and after. I am now 21 and still living in the same townhouse. Girl needs to save money. And my ex-boyfriend lived with us for a while, and he had never seen or experienced anything supernatural. A year and a half later, he had seen my dead cat, had someone breathe on his neck in the hallway, and he was six feet four inches, and so much more. My last and most recent story is one that has me shooketh. Last week, I woke up in the morning to a text from my mom asking, did you turn the lights on? Sent at 3.11 a.m. I had not. I had probably been asleep for hours at that point. Plus, I do my best to avoid 3 a.m. because, well, duh. Mm -hmm. I spoke with her that morning and she broke it down for me. I guess she had gotten home around 2 a.m. and laid down. She was almost asleep when all of the lights in the hall turned on. She called for me, but didn't hear a response. She got up, turned the lights off, and went to bed. Freaky, but only a 4 out of 10 spook level. It happened again the next night, except this time, right before it happened, my cats looked towards the stairs and bolted beneath my mom's bed. Not a great sign. Trust your pets. The end of the line for me was two nights later. 
I went to sleep early and closed and locked my bedroom door since I was home alone until whenever my mom came home later that night. I woke up at 3 a.m. once again to the sound of my bedroom door creaking open slowly. The door had some weight to it, so it has to be pushed continuously in order for it to fully open. There's no natural swing to the door and it's badly in need of some oil. It was as if someone was slowly pushing the door open from the hallway. I jumped out of bed and slammed and locked the door again. And as an extra precaution, I barricaded the door with a bunch of laundry and a chair. The next morning, my mom calls me into her room and asks me, were you locked out of your room last night? I obviously had no idea what she was talking about. And she went on to explain that she woke up at some point in the night to my voice in the hallway screaming angrily, it's locked, it's locked, let me in. Why, 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 let me in. Why is it locked? Over and over and over again for about 10 minutes. She assumed I was sleep talking and fell back asleep. That's what I, yeah. 10 out of 10 spook level. Also, or possessed. Thanks a lot, mom. She is the type to yell at me for talking about anything paranormal so we don't acknowledge it 90% of the time. So as I previously mentioned, I am prone to sleep talking. However, I have never screamed loud enough to wake my mom up through a door across the house and through another layer of a door. Even if I talk too loud in my sleep, I wake myself up. So I would for sure remember if it was just my sleep talking. Also, my mom was 100% positive it was my voice, which is why she didn't freak out and go out and check who was trying to break in. My first thought was a doppelganger trying to lure my mom out of her room to have her help it into my room to the real me or a skinwalker. I recently Mm -hmm. went on a camping trip and did the one thing you aren't supposed to do, talk about them. It wasn't just a mention. It was an entire history and list of encounters that I have heard. (laughs) My friend I went camping with had a pretty horrible Blair Witch reminiscent dream that night, and we both heard people walking around the tent throughout the night. Whatever it is, I need it to stop because I love my sleep, and I keep having nightmares about something standing in the dark corner of my room, and that is really messing with my sleep. On the plus side, I have a trip planned to Casadaga, Florida for New Year's Eve, It was an old spiritualist camp and still to this day claims to be the psychic capital of the world, so maybe someone will tell me what this new attachment is. We are also staying in the Haunted Hotel, which is the only hotel in that area. And a week after that trip, I have convinced the same friend who I scared with the Skinwalker history to come with me to Savannah for a road trip. We are staying in the Marshall House for two nights and going on the ghost tour of the Sorrel Weed House, so I'll keep you all updated if anything happens there. Again, I just want to thank you for your amazing work on the podcast and all the funny banter you provide during my car rides. Also, I know everyone says this in their emails, but I am sorry for the length. Love you guys so much, and keep up the spooky work, Catherine. I cannot stop thinking about when she had bunk beds. (laughs) And the feet hit the ground behind her. And that she had to stop to open the door inwards. Like, it wasn't like she could just propel herself forward. She had to pause, pulled towards her. So the thing was even closer. And the sheets were messed up. Like, all evidence said, yes, there was someone in that bed. You know what's so bizarre to me is that that night she had this weird astral projection-y dream situation that she could, like, switch her dreams, like, channels. Mm -hmm. And after that night, she started seeing and hearing spirits 
constantly. Yes. It was an awakening. She had an awakening. Sorts. She truly did. Like a spiritual awakening, but like a ghost scene. Yeah. Awakening. Also, this woman that's attached to her who doesn't like her, then why are you attached to poor Catherine? Be gone. It, this is the troll Seriously. Like, if you don't like it, move on. You There's don't have to... probably other people you can haunt that you'll enjoy more. <laughs> right. If you've ever... Maybe she just really, really loves her, and she's displacing her emotions. It's not an excuse. <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe she needed therapy. <laughs> don't we all? We do, and that's why we go. I love how much Catherine continues to like put herself in situations that will inevitably or possibly lead to something terrifying, like going on haunted mm. tours or staying in a haunted <laughs> house or hotel, you know, like I feel like she's just like fully mm. embraced it, mm-hmm. which I totally respect. I mean, this has just become part of her normal life, I guess. Well, and apparently those around her as well, because her mom messaging her, asking her if she turned the lights on at 3 a.m. Yeah. So it goes beyond just Catherine. Everybody around her is now experiencing the paranormal as well. The whole like screaming in the middle of the night is so scary. Also, her being possibly possessed and standing outside of a door talking nonstop about how she's not being let in. I'm curious though. Okay. My question is because that same night, the door was starting to open, remember? And she slammed it shut and Mm -hmm. barricaded it with – she locked it and barricaded it with her laundry and a chair. I'm curious, when she woke up the next morning, were those all as she had put them? Because if so, that proves that she was not outside of the room. Holy shit. Oh, my gosh. It makes it – honestly, I feel like it's worse. I I, (laughs) I wished for her to be possessed temporarily (laughs) rather than something else coming, mimicking her completely and having the ability to – essentially verbally torment her mom for 10 minutes straight yeah hallways are so creepy when the doors are shut interesting you know like to be on the inside and with the door shut in the hallway and like i assume there's like a little nightlight or something there's like a little strip of light Mm. where you can see the shadows of feet (gasps) oh beneath the crack that is scary depends on the hallway why do we have cracks let's just put strips at the bottom of the door well let's like normalize that i feel like there's probably a reason for that airflow to let the spiders crawl in i don't know toxins i don't don't know i don't know this is called just me my dog and a bloody fingerprint oh ominous Hi, ladies. I'll start off this email the same way everyone tends to. I love your podcast and I listen to it daily at work. I love this. We'll never stop reading the compliments. <laughs> That's my favorite part. This is why I love iTunes reviews. Come on. It offsets the like couple bad iTunes reviews for all the really nice ones people yeah. write. So thank yes, you for writing I those, do appreciate everybody. it. It means a lot. It does. Oh, and my name's Jessie, and I started listening about a month ago. I can't get enough. I'll be sad when I'm caught up because I won't be able to binge like I do now. Attached are some cute pictures of my dog who comes up a few times in these stories. Her name is Gracie, but she also goes by Groot and Munchie because she munches on my stuff. (laughs) My heart. Groot. (laughs) Let's get into it. First, I have lived in the same house my whole life, but I have never really felt comfortable in it. It's eerie. I remember from a young age being too scared to go to the bathroom at night because I didn't want to look in the mirror, walking sideways up the stairs so that I would have my back against the wall. And if I had to go from one side of the house to another, I would turn on and then off 
the lights as I went through because I could not walk into dark rooms. I remember waking up late at night as a kid and thinking that I heard people walking up and down my stairs or people talking. And sometimes if I was brave enough, I would go downstairs to see if someone fell asleep with the TV on. By the time I would get to the bottom of the step, all the sounds would stop and it would be silent again. Growing up in this house means I know every creak it makes and can pinpoint anyone's location in the house based on just the floorboards. Due to this, I've always been a silent walker because I never want to be walking and question if whatever sound I heard came from me moving around or someone else. I promise this comes into play later. This also tended to happen between the hours of 3 and 4 a.m. And when I learned about how that is the most active time, I stopped getting (laughs) up to check. My room's always been the cold spot in the house. You can walk through my doorway and it feels like it drops 10 degrees. We had the heating vents looked at multiple times when I was a kid, and they always said nothing was wrong with them, and they didn't have an explanation for the cold spot. Along with this, lights in the house tend to flicker, mostly hanging ones in our kitchen. And they too have been looked at by professionals, and we've again been told nothing's wrong with them. Also, growing up, and to this day, I have friends who don't like coming over because of the feeling that they get from the house. They've all had their own experiences From voices to footsteps to joking in my kitchen that the house isn't haunted only for dishes in the sink to then randomly shift and moments later one of my softballs somehow rolled out of the glove trophy, bounced once, and then ended up on the complete opposite side of the house. Note to self, don't taunt them. That's scary. Flash forward, so scary. But also, in that moment, as much as I'd be scared, I'd also be like, see? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. Prove it to your friends. Flash forward to these last two years when it started to get crazy. Due to a divorce, mental health, and the stress that is engineering school, there was definitely negative energy trapped in that house. Don't worry, C. We do have Sage. I think you're C. I know. I I am. am. (laughs) I'm just reading it out loud so everyone knows that she has some in her skins. C is me. I am C. I am (laughs) And we know this can make everything a little more active. The negative energy. My fourth year in college had just come to an end. I took a fifth year, or as I like to say, a victory <laughs> lap, and I moved home for the summer. The year before, I got a dog, and I'll attach some cute pictures of her. And she's one of the reasons I know I'm not crazy. As you guys have said before, trust your pets. I went out one night to a bar with some friends, which I never do. I was excited to get out of the house and see some friends. I had been at the bar for less than 30 minutes before my mom started texting me that I had to come home and clean up since we had company coming over and my dog destroyed a toy fluff everywhere. I said I would do it when I got home, but she kept texting me. I got pretty fed up and my friends felt bad, so they drove me home. While on my way home, my mom's sending me texts like, come to my room, we need to talk. Come on, Jesse. I need you to come to my room right now. Okay, at this point, I'm fuming. How am I supposed to get from the heart of Boston to my house in 10 minutes? I didn't understand why she was persistently saying that I had to go into her room when I wasn't even home. About an hour after her first text, I got home and I went into her room and demanded why it was so important that I had to leave Boston to come home and talk to her. She looked at me weirdly and she proclaimed that I got home 30 minutes ago, (gasps) soon after she told me to, which is why she told me to come to her room. She said that she heard the front door open. We barely used the front door. She heard walking up the stairs, my bedroom door open, and then drawers being closed in my room. She didn't think anything of it because I constantly don't close my drawers, so whenever I need to clean, that tends to be the first thing I do. 
Hence why she was so annoyed that I wouldn't come to her room. She thought I was home. This night, my brother wasn't at home. So it was just me, my mom, and my dog, who this whole time refused to leave my mom's bed instead of coming to me like she normally does. We're soul sisters, I swear. (laughs) So whatever it was that my mom heard, my dog refused to go to it, which my mom was also confused by. Why wouldn't my dog greet me? I still don't know what or who my mom heard, but it wasn't me that night. Side note, a few months ago, my boyfriend was over. He let himself in through the garage and he was in the kitchen. I was upstairs in my room directly above him and I heard him yell out, hi, and I assumed it was to me. So I yelled back and then he said, hey, Jess, weird. I thought he had just greeted me. He came upstairs a few minutes later and he looked confused and he asked me if my mom was wearing headphones on and was in the basement. He heard her downstairs doing laundry and moving around and yelled down the hi, but didn't get a response. But it was just us in the house. (gasps) My dog is also terrified of the basement. She refuses to go down there and will sit at the top of the steps whimpering if you go down. I've carried her down a few times, but she'll wriggle out of my arms and bolt back upstairs to stop and whine until I go back up. Spooky. Yeah. That same summer, there would be nights that I would be in the living room watching TV just for my dog to start freaking out in the other room. You can't really see out the living room entry due to where the couch is, but there's a reflection off of the piano that shows the foyer, front room, dining room, kitchen, and the stairs leading to the second floor. It's an open-ish floor plan with just archways leading from room to room. In the reflection, I saw my dog, who's seven pounds but thinks she's a (laughs) Rottweiler, with her hackles raised, growling and snapping at nothing. She wasn't looking at something eye-level to her, but up as if it were a full-grown adult. I turned off the TV and I called out to her, hoping that I was crazy and she was going to stop when I said to, but she didn't. She would continue growling and barking her way down the hall, all while facing the kitchen until she was in the living room. I could tell immediately that she was pretty freaked out and she was scared. It wasn't an angry type of bark and growl, but a warning kind. She would jump up onto my lap and continue to do this to nothing, all while looking up as if there was a human. My dog tends to not like when strangers get too close to me, even sometimes if it's a friend slash family member. Sometimes she'll growl and put herself between us, especially if I'm feeling anxious or she thinks I'm in danger. Her head would follow this invisible entity across the room until I was sure that it was in front of me. Her growling was now very angry and defensive, and I tried to pet her to calm her down, and she snapped at me because of how freaked out she was. I called out that whatever was in the room wasn't welcome. I grabbed my dog, my keys, and I left my home. This situation happened frequently when it was nighttime and just myself and my dog were home. There would be other nights, and still this happens, that I would wake up and my dog will be growling at the corner of the room, hackles raised, teeth bared, and making warning sounds. When this happens, I turn on my phone's flashlight and bedside lamp and stare in the direction my dog was freaking out at. And just like before, my dog was putting herself between me, and whatever was in my room. There are times that I'll hear footsteps or noises in my house, and I will immediately look at my dog to see if she heard it, and she'll be looking in the same direction that I heard it come from. She's now trained, so when that happens, I'll tell her to go. (laughs) And she'll run off to wherever the noise came from, growling, and come back a few minutes later, happy as can be. Wow. Again, my seven-pound dog likes to take on human-sized entities. Yikes. Wow. (laughs) Our garage is attached to our house and attached to the garage is a little shed. My whole life, my mom has always taken phone calls outside because one, I'm noisy <laughs> and two, she talks loud. So it sounds like you guys are both yeah. noisy. <laughs> so 
So in the shed is a chair that she sits on when she's on the phone. And the chair is perfectly lined up. So if she leans a little to the right, she can see out the shed door into the garage and down into the driveway. I think she likes to people watch, but basically this chair is never moved. I swear on my God, it has been in the same spot for the last six plus years. Whoa. Even when I take a phone call out there, I sit down and I don't move the chair. During that same summer, the chair started moving. It was only a little at first, more to the right or to the left, just enough that sitting in it felt weird since you were eye to eye with the same thing that you've been looking at for years. We chalked it up to just us moving it more than usual when we sat or stood But then one day it moved a foot away from its spot. I figured it was my mom and then she figured it was me. At this point, it's August and my brothers moved to Cali for grad school. What up, S? (laughs) (laughs) So if it wasn't me moving the chair and it wasn't my mom, then this continues for the rest of August. Sometimes we would come home and the chair would be moved and the garage code pin pad would be open as if someone used it to get into the garage. Due to my family stuff, we changed the pin pretty often to the point that I found it easier to keep a garage opener in my purse since I can't remember what it is anymore. Basically, since it's just my mom and I at home, no one uses the garage pin pad. And if we do use it, we always close it. The last time my mom and I talked about the chair being moved was when she was on her way home from an errand and I was leaving. My dog would be home, but there were probably 10, maybe a 15 minute gap where it was just the dog. My mom got home and I arrived a few minutes after her since I just ran down the street to drop something off to a friend. The chair was moved significantly. It was turned around and on one side of the shed as if someone was using it to stand and loop up into a small crawl space slash shelf that is on the border of the back and the sidewall. It's a few feet deep, so up there is just an old electric Barbie car and some other random stuff. A broken leaf blower, whatnot. And you guessed it, the pin pad was open again. Since then, it hasn't moved significantly or not to the point where either of us have felt the need to bring it up. Okay, flash forward again. It's this past March slash April 2019. I don't know when you'll have time to read through this novel. In 2021, we do. So it's just my mom and the dog at home since I'm taking that victory lap. This is my last semester of engineering school as a computer science major with Capstone that is quickly finishing up. So you can imagine how little time I had to go home. Since my mom works a lot, the dog tends to go to my grandparents if my mom knows that she can't be home at lunch or has meetings that will run late. And at this point, my dog hates being home alone. She'll hide in my mom's closet or go under the covers of my bed. So honestly... We didn't really want her to be there alone. There's also no explanation for why she hates it, but it did start after those scary summer nights. Mm. Okay, moving on. This story is the freakiest thing to ever happen to me and my mom. It was a Sunday afternoon, and my mom sent a pretty random text asking if I'd been home that morning, which I hadn't been. I told her no. I asked what was up, and she said she didn't want to freak me out, (sighs) but she left to run errands that morning and got home to drops of blood on the floor of the house. No, my dog was not home. No, I wasn't home. No one was home. The drops of blood were every few feet and led from the door to the garage that opens to the kitchen, through the kitchen, to the stairs, up the stairs. And then there was a drop of blood on my bathroom mat and then a few drops in my mom's room, particularly at the entrance of her room on the center of her pillow And then what looks like a bloody fingerprint on the mirror that takes up a large wall of the room. A bloody fingerprint. What? She tried to say maybe it was the cleaners, 
but it had most definitely been almost a full week since they'd been at the house. I tried to explain to my mom that there was no way that she would miss blood in the house for almost a week, and she kept trying to rationalize it, but there's no way to. After she sent me the photos and explained, I started calling her and texting her, say, call the cops. No answer. I've tried to find the texts and photos, but they're nowhere to be found. They're not in my camera roll where I saved them, not in my text history on my laptop, which I set to never erase because you never know when you need the receipts. (laughs) And it's not on my mom's phone anymore. I was with my roommates while this was happening. And if they hadn't seen the photos, I would have thought that I was going crazy. And at this point, my mom isn't answering. It's been 10 minutes or so. So I'm assuming my mom was murdered. No big deal. So I call my neighbor to see if he would go check on her. And he says that she's outside mowing the lawn. He jogs over. He tells her that I was on the phone and needed her to call me. And she had already cleaned up the blood and was kind of acting like it wasn't totally freaky and like it didn't happen. I explained to her that after everything over the summer and now this – that I wouldn't move home unless we got a security system installed. She agreed, and within a few weeks, we had one put in with a camera that sits on our piano and has a perfect view of the foyer, the front door, the dining room, the kitchen, the stairs, leading to the second floor. Basically, if anyone was in the house, it would be impossible for you to avoid this camera. (laughs) To this day, my mom and I have only spoken about this incident once, and it was today when I asked about the photo, and all she could say was that it was gone. (gasps) All right, scary time over. Time for a nice story. My mom's brother passed away before my brother and I were born. I swear it's a nice story, (laughs) she says. And she's always wanted to see a medium to try to connect with him along with other friends and family members who have passed. She took her parents with her and they were going to have a session after my mom's. While my mom was in there, my grandmother on my dad's side came through, saying things that only she would know, like the last words my mom said to her before she passed. She was the only one in the room, so no one else in my family other than close family would know that. A friend of hers who passed from cancer came through and asked her about her new grandchild, also something no one would know about. And the medium suddenly stopped and said that there was a man standing in the corner, wrapping his knuckles on the wall in a set of three. My mom said she hears that all the time at the house. The medium said that with the man was a medium-sized dog who was shaved and looked like a lion. My mom started to cry. It was our old Sheltie. My grandmother always cut her hair like that because she thought it was funny, floofy around the face and neck, short everywhere else. My mom immediately realized that the man was her brother and that he was the one who'd been making that knocking noise through the years. The medium also said that she saw him flipping a light switch and chuckling. Remember how I said our kitchen lights flicker with no explanation? Well, we just got one. Now, whenever it happens, we tell him to cut the shit and it promptly stops. My mom's session comes to an end and my grandparents go in. A similar thing happens. My uncle's knocking on the walls again. And this time my grandmother starts freaking out. She's been hearing that for years in her house. (gasps) But since my grandfather never heard it, she thought that she was losing it. She and my mom never told each other that they had been hearing the same knocking for years. Wow. A few days later, when my mom explained it to me, I stopped her and I asked her if the knocking sounded like this. I proceed to imitate it on the wall. And she was silent on the phone and she said, yes, (gasps) I've also been hearing this knocking for years and never told anyone other than my roommates because sometimes they heard it with me. I guess he's still a prankster, even on the other side. I hope you're thoroughly spooked by all of this because I know I am. Myself and my dog are the only ones who really find these things spooky because my boyfriend, my mom, and my brother think the house is fine and never thought it was eerie. Gosh. I guess I'm just more sensitive to the paranormal. At least I have my dog. 
Thank you guys for having the most amazing platform and podcast. See you on the other side, babes. With love, Jesse. Okay, the story about her uncle is so precious that it almost, almost, keyword here, made me forget about the scary stuff that happens in her house. I know. <laughs> I know. And there's so much. What's her dog's name again? Daisy? Why Groot? am I saying Daisy? Well, it's Groot slash like munchies, but I'm trying to remember the actual name <laughs> of the dog. <laughs> But her sweet little puppy is protecting her from all of the energy. I just love that she was saying her dog will literally just now is like trained to just follow the noise, Ugh. fight Take off on whatever's the there, and then comes back all happy like I did my job. It's so wild because, yes, I love that group. I'm just going to call the dog group because I love it. Gracie. Gracie, Gracie group munchies. Gracie. I love that she's like – this tiny little dog who takes on big bad spirits and they can't hang with her. No. And the pictures, I mean, we were sent pictures of oh, this, Gracie. the Christmas one. <gasps> she, she, there's literally one of her on Santa's lap. <laughs> like, she's so cute. Oh, my God. It's so cute. Oh, she's, she's so, so tiny. Cute. The width of her head is so much larger than the length of her I legs. I love that. That's my like, she's favorite. She's all head and a little body. I love when they have big heads. She's adorable. But it is interesting because whatever this spirit is, it almost feels like it could be an intruder, you know, like someone living in your walls situation. That's what I was thinking, especially with the chair pushed like it's going up to the yeah. crawl space. And the garage door continuously being opened and like the blood feels so human. The blood and it just feels so creepy, like the fingerprint yeah. and the blood right in the middle of the pillowcase. Ugh. Like whatever it was or whoever it was knew the layout of the house because went straight through, beelined up to the bathroom. Yeah. And then maybe heard a car coming back and ran into the mom's room and looked, didn't think about it, maybe left a bloody fingerprint. Okay. In their rush to move back into the walls. Okay. And playing along the theme, I know this is a paranormal podcast, but if we're playing along with this theory that it is someone living in the walls, it would then mean that this person has to, while they're sleeping, while Jesse and her mom are sleeping, go into their phones and delete the photos. Yeah, which I just feel like that can't happen with Gracie there. Yeah, you're right. With Gracie there, you're right. She's so on top of it. Wait, okay, good. This makes me less scared because now, well, it's still scary, but now you're making me believe it is paranormal, which is better, I think, as an alternative to someone living right. in your walls. But it's, And then here's the other thing. Jessie wasn't even there. She was in college. Didn't like the photos get sent to her and then they disappeared? It's unclear. Oh, so yeah. I think she was in a gotcha. dorm or apartment. I don't think she okay. was actually living in the house at the time. So then that does feel paranormal. And also the whole thing of Jessie's mom texting her like, I need you to come home right now. All of that. And then her mom being yes. like, what are you talking about? I just got home. Right. Is also very and out of context. Of course, Jessie's like, what the hell? Like, how am I supposed? Why? Why do you keep texting? Yeah, me this? like, of course, she would drive home. Yeah, as I was reading it, and she was saying her mom kept being like, come upstairs, come upstairs. I was so nervous that it was either going to be some spirit like texting, <sighs> trying to like trap her and have her go upstairs. Oh, or if there was an intruder and her mom thought that she was going to come home in like a couple minutes and didn't want her to get captured. That's scary. Although at that point, I think you'd just say, don't come Yeah, home. yeah, you would not come home. Yeah. Oof. But my gosh, here's another theory. So Jesse's mom thought that Jesse had come home because Jesse's mom said, 
when you come home, you need to clean and we have company coming mm-hmm. over. And Jessie's MO is that when she cleans, she always starts with the drawers in her room first. And that's what her mom heard, which makes me wonder again about other timelines, parallel universes. Was there some sort of glitch? Was the veil so thin that for a moment in another life that Jesse's living on some alternate timeline. She was just 30 minutes ahead of where she was oh, now. Oh. And so it was her. It just wasn't her in this correct timeline. Oh, that's strange. Just a small glitch in the matrix. I feel broken. You know? Well, another version of you might feel great. So just think about that. <laughs> you could be like her. <laughs> that's a good motivation. Like somewhere you know that you're doing it and you're capable of it. This so- is the idea of a movie I've always – or a show. I don't know. I've always had and I finally – cracked a little bit of it the other night in my dreams. Mm-hmm. Really? I won't say much more, but... Yeah, don't spill the beans. I'll tell you offline. Keep it close to your heart. Yeah, tell me offline. Okay. This is a story from Jennifer, and it's funny. Okay. This is like the lighthearted version of it. Thanks for making me realize my dog is not a dog. Hey, girls. (laughs) I'm sure you've said how stories are supposed to be submitted, but as I listen while I work, my memory is balls, so I'm going to send it this way, and maybe someone will see it. I have listened to all of your episodes, but I've been binging every day at work for a couple weeks now. I don't think my coworkers appreciate my awkward snorts of laughter, though. (laughs) To preface... I've joked since we've gotten our dog that we had a stitch situation going on because my dog is just weird looking, proportioned weird, sometimes looks like a bag of potatoes, sometimes a kangaroo, other times a greyhound. I joke that she's an alien trying to look like a dog. Well, I listened to your episode about skinwalkers today, and while I don't believe my baby is going to steal my soul with her human-ass eyes, every time (laughs) you guys mentioned dogs standing upright and walking – I had to seriously consider if my dog was planning my demise the last two years. Last year, we were staying with some friends who had a waist-high brick fence going about 30 feet or something. I was walking my dog back to the apartment, and she started hearing something over the fence. So she jumped up to look over the wall like a normal dog would. Then this gangly, half-blind, uncoordinated dog, my dog, gets back down takes a couple of calm steps forward, and then proceeds to stand the fuck up like it's nothing and walks the length of the entire fence, the whole 30 feet, on two goddamn legs before dropping back down when the fence ended like nothing happened. She has since done it twice, once verified by someone else, though never for as long as the first time. She looked like a damn penguin just trotting along. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for the nightmares tonight. And while I don't think my dog is a skinwalker, I'll be damned if she's not at least some lab experiment. I have other stories, some personal shadow figures that my empathetic stepmother saw and described their actions before I ever mentioned it. And knowing the future slash manifesting wishes in early elementary school. But I am so very lazy and I'll have to send those in later if you're interested. I love the show, and as a side, if you think you're a witch, chances are you're a witch. Also, I never really use my email because I avoid my problems, but here's my Instagram and some old pictures of my Stitch Dog, too. I want to see Stitch Dog. Let's look up Stitch Dog. I don't have my phone with me, so you're going to have to hold it up to the video screen. I was going to do it on my computer, but now I will do it on my phone for you. Wow. Okay. Uh, Why do dogs do that? I need to know why. (laughs) I feel like it's so uncomfortable to be on their back legs. Okay. You can kind of see the top little picture. Oh, so cute. So cute. <laughs> like a little gremlin. Oh, 
And she has like little like gray patches around the eyes. Oh, that's really cute. Sweet salt and pepper baby. Love it. Oh my gosh. I just I'm assuming she got did she say that she got her dog when the dog was a puppy? She did not specify, but I'm assuming. I feel like this is a trick that's taught. And she just maybe in her past life, she was a human and she's used she's to standing used on two feet. Or she was like this expert Hollywood movie star dog <laughs> that knew all the tricks, knew how to do everything, and it's just like taking it on to her next life with her. Maybe. Maybe you're living with a celebrity. Whoa. Jennifer. That's pretty cool. I would say that also your dog, your stitch-like dog, might just want to be more like you and walk. I mean, it's one of those things where like pets, I feel like pick up on behavior so easily and they understand like your mannerisms and they like know when they're going to get a treat or they know when they need to be Mm -hmm. sit or whatever. I feel like they could also, if we trained them well enough or, you know, if they wanted to enough, they would walk like us. And I think your dog just wants to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about skeletal structures of animals <laughs> and the impact on joints and pain and whatnot. But I think that your, your stitch dog is something special. Yeah. Maybe she was a skinwalker in her past Maybe. Life. <laughs> Maybe. But she's not used to she being seems able to. like a sweetie and lovely dog. I know. So sweet. So look how spooky I look right now because I don't have lights oh on. Oh my in gosh, my room. I didn't even notice it. It happened in moments. The darkness. I know the sun's right now. You're engulfed by darkness. Alrighty. Here's one for us to end on. It's called Always Trust Your Pets. Hey ladies, I love the podcast and can't stop listening. My name is Kat and I'm from Winnipeg. That's in Manitoba. <gasps> I love Winnipeg. Winnipeg. I've never been, but Freya's from Winnipeg. Have you been to Winnipeg? Yeah. When? Like growing up. Oh, well, I hear it's beautiful. Do you feel left out? I do. (laughs) (laughs) I've invited myself to Freya's family home there so many times. So I'm going to – I need to just book some flights and say – Okay. Well, now I'm looking at the map and now I'm doubting myself. I don't know that I have been to Winnipeg. I'm thinking of something else with a W in Canada. Mm, Mm. You're asking the wrong person, but we could ask Kat. We could go visit. Yeah. We could go visit. Maybe this is how – Yeah, we'll go. Okay. Okay. My name is Kat. I'm from Winnipeg. And I thought I would share with you my three major encounters in my life since one just happened last night on Halloween (gasps) Eve. This is from 2019. And she emailed it to us on Halloween. So this came in October 31st, 2019. Love that. I will start with my first encounter, which happened in about 2008. I was about 13 years old and my grandfather had just passed away and I was out for lunch with friends. I was sitting in a chair, which was against a wall, no room for anyone to go behind me. We were talking, and I heard someone say my name. I stopped what I was saying so I could scan the room, but I didn't see anyone looking at me. So I continued with my story, and then I heard my name again, this time with the feeling of a hand on my shoulder, like someone was standing behind me, gently placing a hand there. I looked back, but of course, I only saw a wall. But the voice, it sounded a lot like my grandfather's. My next story was maybe a year later at the most. My family and I were sitting around a fire in Grand Beach and chatting away. It was getting late, but we were still going strong. I obviously wasn't drinking as I was still quite young. My mom went to grab more firewood and she was placing a log on the fire when I saw movement behind her. I looked towards it and I saw a man towering behind my mom. It was very large and he had a mustache and a beard. He looked to be about 50 years old and was just an all-around very big guy. 
He was holding an axe. I screamed out to my mom and she turned around and she saw nothing. And when I looked back to where he'd just been, he had vanished. Looking back now, I don't think he was a bad spirit. Maybe just trying to help us with all that firewood? as I didn't get any bad feelings from him, but the weapon did kind of freak me out. Yeah. Finally, I will tell you about last night, October 30th, Halloween Eve. Mm. We moved into a new house out of the city on the September long weekend. We have loved living in this home so far and recently got a new puppy. He settled in very quickly to the new environment and he's very calm. He rarely barks even when excited and I had yet to hear him growl. He will sometimes cry, but normally only when excited. So I was by myself last night as my partner was out of the city for the evening and note that he doesn't believe in anything paranormal or religious. So I let my dog outside as usual. I put his long leash on so that we could have some freedom in our large yard, but without the risk of him leaving. And after a few minutes, I heard him frantically crying and scratching. He had never done this. I open the door and his leash is wrapped around the stairs a bit and he's cowering as close to the door as he can get, like tail between his legs, shaking violently and crying. I need him to go back down the stairs to get untangled, but he will not move. So I carry him down, I untangle him, I undo his leash, and then he bolts up the stairs and he's trying to get through the door. I open it and immediately I lock the door because at this point I have no clue what he saw. He proceeds to sit next to the door, which is mostly glass, and he cries. The crying turns into barking and then to full-on growling and snarling. And again, he's never done this. I think maybe he's just seeing his reflection and he's just now discovering it, but I'm a little too spooked. And as you guys say, always trust your pets. I go to the front door to make sure it's locked and he follows. This door has no window, but he proceeds to sit at it and snarl and bark and cry. I go back to the back door and he sits in the same spot, continuing with his behaviors for about an hour. An hour. Oh my gosh, that's so long for a puppy. I can't get him to move or even look at me. I try feeding him. He loves food and he doesn't even look at it. After a couple of hours of this and some nervous pacing, he starts to calm down. He spends the rest of the evening sitting with me on the couch, but constantly looking back outside over his shoulder. When I go to bed that evening, I'm getting undressed and I noticed I have some scratches and I think nothing of it because I have a puppy, but I have a fair number of them on my body and all single scratches. And normally with him, it's multiple scratches because he has multiple nails. So I take off my bra, which I had on all evening, and I notice another single scratch across one breast that's fairly deep, just breaking skin. I touch it and it hurts. (sighs) I'm now fully scared as I don't know when I possibly could have gotten this or how, and I didn't feel anything. And to top it off, when I woke up this morning, the scratches were all gone, except for the one on my breast, which had mostly healed, but with some evidence of it left. Honestly, I don't know what to think about all of this, and I'm not impressed. I did find a small grave in our garden, what I can only assume is a pet, and best case scenario, if it is a pet that's freaking out my dog so bad, how is it somehow scratching me? Anyway, guess I'll be buying some sage and doing that next time that my partner is out of the house. And then she followed up again, at this time a month later, and she said, just wanted to follow up on this. I had no activity for a couple of weeks. My dog calmed down, but then last week, I spent the whole Saturday just lounging, doing nothing, and later on in the evening, all of a sudden, I felt a sudden pain on my back. I figured my bra was just irritating me, so I took it off and I asked my boyfriend to put some lotion on because sometimes my skin hurts when it's dry. He told me that I had some scratches on my back. He's a complete non-believer and even thought that these were kind of strange. The scratches were too far apart to be from an animal. They had to be from a human (sighs) hand, but it had only been us all day, and there's no way that he did it. Also, after I realized I was scratched, I figured that's probably when I felt the pain suddenly. 
It must have been when they oh appeared. Oh, my gosh. I've attached a photo. Three scratches, deep enough that they stayed around for a while, and they hurt. And they swelled a bit as well. Thanks for the podcast. I took a small break because I was getting nervous that I was opening myself up to too much energy, but I plan to jump back in. Cat. Cat. You, uh, this is terrifying. This is really scary. And your poor puppy. I know. Oh my God. So scared. To be like against the glass, cowering, whimpering, screaming, like thinking that he's in imminent danger. Also thinking about like how Gracie was in the previous story you read, you know, taking on these Mm -hmm. ghosts and for Kat's dog to be in so much pain or maybe so scared makes me think this is like a very, very powerful, dark entity. Right. And well, and the scratches. Yeah, the scratches. She's getting scratched. That's a huge sign of demonic energy presence haunting. And for it just to like suddenly appear and, and like for her to suddenly have this onset of pain and then find the scratches later. I mean, oh, mm-hmm. it's I we need to we need to get a cleanse going, Kat. Seriously. Also, this was sent a long time ago. This was we need to check in. This is two years okay, ago. Okay, Kat, we're coming for you. We're going to check in and we are literally going to come fly to Canada. We're coming for you. We're coming to Manitoba. <laughs> it's so scary. And also, I mean, I just feel like her puppy's reaction, the fact that her puppy was so, so scared outside and then once was inside, was barking at the doors and like got a little bit more brave but protective, means that if it was the reflection of the puppy, it doesn't matter if it's inside or outside. The reaction would be the same because yeah. you're still seeing the reflection. But it was clear that what was aggravating it, what was spooking this sweet little baby was outside. Ugh. But now it's inside. But now it's inside. And maybe it was outside before because she said later when she went and undressed, she noticed she had scratches. But she did go outside in that moment to untether and untrap her dog. Oh, my god! So maybe it happened then and she just had a shot of adrenaline yeah, as it was happening and didn't really notice the marks. I hope it's still outside. That would be much preferred. Yeah. Although it sounds like it is inside because she felt the pain happen. I know, inside. And the fact that it swelled, scratches swell within, you know, a minute or two of them happening. It doesn't swell hours later. So I think it happened right then. Oh, this is so unsettling. Kat, I really hope everything is okay and has settled down, but we will follow up and hopefully we'll have answers for everyone else because I feel like this is such a- we'll do updates. Yeah, we'll do updates. Live updates. From two girls, one ghost. I almost said the coven, but I, <laughs> we don't deserve that name. Also, live updates, but like, you know, record pre-recorded Record, and then recorded, edited, and then, and then posted for your live update. <laughs> Six days later. Oh, my gosh. Wow. This was my ideal way to do pets episode. I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty spooky. It was. At first, I really thought it was going to be like visitations from my old like rainbow bridge cat yes. yeah and it just once i started reading these i just it went darker i think our <laughs> listeners are as spooky as we are yeah for sure because we had so many of these yeah there's so many more there are we'll do but it again we want more and you can email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and there are a variety of ways you can support us uh please rate and review us on itunes in addition to sending us compliments in the beginning of your emails <laughs> or just copy and paste that into itunes easy yeah that's a right? great idea there we go cheat sheet. cheat sheet we'll write a template and you can choose <laughs> any of the 10 options we'll just compliment ourselves and you can copy and paste <laughs> you can also follow us on social media we have facebook we have instagram we have tiktok now i am a tiktoker 
We have Twitter, but we don't really use it, but we encourage you to tweet us. We have merch. We have Bigfoot merch, which we are currently wearing. Mm -hmm. If you saw the beginning of this episode on our Patreon, we have Bigfoot merch. It is out for your leisure, your pleasure. We also have Patreon. You can donate to us on there. And we have like all these different bonuses and tiers and you can pick and choose your tier. You can also change your tier and then you get different bonuses and little special gifts as thank yous from us. And speaking of thank yous. Thank you to Aiden Manning. Aiden Manning. Of Fire Digital. Aiden Manning. Just the king of editing. The king of editing. Thank goodness for Truly. Aiden. Thank gosh. Also, funny text we got from Aiden today. <laughs> When he was editing our last episode that was posted in New Orleans this past mm-hmm. Sunday, he texted us and he said, the penis count was at least 15. <laughs> and Sabrina goes, out of context, this text <laughs> this text is really funny. And out of context still for some of you who may have not listened to last week's episode, oh, yeah. we... Well, listen to the last one. That is all we will say about that episode. And we encourage you to, if you want to know what the penises are about... You must listen to the last episode. And now our penis count for this episode is three. And penis, 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 penis. Oh, gosh. It's going up It's going up. Aiden, count again. We're encouraging all the six-year-olds who listen to this to say it. No, don't. I mean, I'm still six at heart, so I guess I I enjoy it. And we will see you on the other side. Very smooth.